Breaking ball, ground ball, up the middle, Reyes to his left, has it, sets, throws, just in time, but it moves the runner to third. 2-2. Two -two. Drive to right, center field, that's going to get in, base hit, they tied it! one-year-old shortstop, Charlotte Stoke, who's 0 for 4. Marmol throws it away! Kingsnail on his way to second! Kingsnail around second! He's headed to third! He's gonna get there! Winning run, 90 feet away! One out! Bottom of the 11. Danny Wambles on deck. 3-2 pitch. two things I can't stand in this world. People who are intolerant of other people's cultures and the Dutch. Vote! And John Wetland one more time said, and here comes the 2-2 pitch to Edgar Martinez now, and a fastball swung on the Robinson Gearing Studio Complex and straight out of God's country, Pauley's Island, South Carolina, the Let's Talk Baseball Podcast Network proudly presents Backwards K Pod. And now, here's the host of the show, Jake Robinson. Good moment, baseball universe. What is up? Once again, back is the incredible, the incomparable half-man have podcast machine. Jake the Snake Robinson from the Let's Talk Baseball Podcast Network. Back in the Captain Kirk chair. Shields down. Photons up. Prepare to engage on this week's digital audio program that I call Backwards K-Pod. Where we collect ball players and their stories. Want to welcome everyone in this week from, well, my loyal Seamhead Army to the, you know... Pod Surfer, who happened to get caught up in this wave somehow, thank you for dropping by. Take off your shoes, relax, open your kimono. I don't judge. Here at Backwards K-Pod, I love to celebrate the game of baseball through her extraordinary, awe-inspiring stories. And I appreciate each and every one of you here in the audience right now. It's, if you like what you hear, please remember to subscribe, follow, download, share. Backwards K-Pod is available on all platforms, wherever you listen to your pods. If you're an Apple or Spotify user, please remember to rate and review me as you see fit. I've covered over 160 years of baseball, from the Cincinnati Redlegs to the Savannah Bananas. And by God, as my witness, I will leave the story of baseball behind by the time of my demise. There is nothing 
besides what my daughter that I love in this world more than baseball. I love it, I love it, I love it. So, please help a good brother out with the rates, reviews, shares, and all that jazz because this is how I want to write my final chapters on this planet by paying homage to the one constant in my life, baseball. I will never charge you for the content here at Backwards K-Pod. No Patreon, no crowdsourcing. And that's my word. You want to email the show? BackwardsKpod at gmail.com. And you can find us on Twitter at back underscore K underscore podcast. Like I said, I'm on all platforms. Podbean, Stitcher, iHeart, Google Play, Apple, Spotify. And you can check my website, diamondsnakejake.podbean.com to listen to any and all of my archive shows. Now, before I go any farther, I want to thank the audience for the reception of the bonus show on Vince Scully that I did this past week. Just a lot of great words about the show and Vin, and, you know, that one will be memorable as the baseball world is still mourning the loss of this icon. I also want to thank my guest and co-host, Mark Zolgai, coming out of Yorkshire, England, to help me do the show. And Mark has an amazing story himself as a kid, from war-torn Yugoslavia and eventually finding his way to the UK and finding the American sport of baseball while living there. And it was mostly because of Ben Scully that he became this huge team head. So that's always fascinated me. And I felt like by having Mark on here, you realize the impact that that man, Ben Scully, not only had on baseball in America, but, you know, on the other side of the pond, on the other side of the world. So thank you, Mr. Zolgai. Uh, it was great to have you. It was great to have you here. It gave us a good international feel. And I want to thank you very much for being on that last show. And speaking of international, this week, we're going to the Kingdom of the Netherlands to check out their baseball scene. Now, it's been a minute since we left the borders of America to look at baseball. The last one I did was Baseball in the Dominican Republic. And that's available in the archives. And I'm going to be a little honest with you. It's the one show in my archives I'd like to have a mulligan on. I felt like the content was great. I mean, it's great. But the production wasn't my greatest work. I was working with some outdated equipment at that point. And after that show, I made serious upgrades and systemic changes in the studio. And there will come a time when I redo that show. Um, if the content really wasn't up to my standards, I'd probably just get of it. But really... I learned a lot on that research, and I just haven't had a chance to step in there and uh, re, you know clean that up a little bit. So here's to our second country, and let's hope I don't have any of those issues for this one because I am truly fascinated with Dutch baseball. When you know most people think of the Netherlands, they think of Amsterdam, the Red Light District, the Devil's Lettuce, windmills, pancakes. Yeah, when people think of sports in the Netherlands, it's, you know, it's soccer, hands down. After all, soccer really is their most popular sport, and it's where they excel to European championships, as well as three defeats in the finals of the World Cup. And look, my Dutch isn't great, and (laughs) when I say it isn't great, I mean, I don't speak it at all. So, to any of the Dutch listeners right now, I mean, no disrespect Hopefully I don't butcher your language too bad today, but I'm going to try to keep it authentic. So anyone listening in, Hoopdorp, Amsterdam, Aruba, Curacao, Rotterdam, wherever, please, please, 
accept my preemptive apology, and I will do my best not to embarrass myself too badly this week. And look, the the Dutch, they have become a powerful European force in baseball, or as they call it, hookball. That's right, it's called hookball. H-O-N-K-B-A-L. So, the game of hookball was introduced to the country in 1911 by J.C.G. Grassa, who brought the game back with him after a visit to the United States. He was exposed to Major League Baseball, and he became like this huge fan of the sport. And upon his return, Grassa translated the rules to Dutch. And the first game of baseball was played in the Netherlands in March of 1912. In 1922, a league was formed, making it the oldest baseball league outside of the Americas. The first league had four teams, all located in Amsterdam, until a few years later, when the game reached Harlem. And while the baseball passion was strong with the Dutch, they were still learning the game. One of their all-time favorite baseball stories that the Dutch loved to tell is how in 1925, after 15 years of having baseball in the country and learning it and playing it. A U.S. Navy ship it came to the Netherlands and made dock, and a professional Dutch team challenged a few of these sailors to a game of baseball. And by the top of the second inning, the American uh, sailors, they had a commanding 14 to nothing lead, and they ended up winning the game by the final of 27-2. to So as much as the Dutch loved it, they thought they were coming along in the game, they realized they still had a lot of work to do to catch up with those Americans. In those early years, the Dutch players, they they wore shorts, and really the Dutch pitchers, they could only throw fastballs and had like zero fucking command. Until 1937, baseball in the Netherlands had a two-hour time limit until a controversial end in a championship game. The Harlem team thought they had the win in hand, but it turned out that there were still three minutes left on the clock, so the umpire determined that another inning be played, and the team from Harlem lost the championship. After that game, the Dutch instituted the nine-inning rule. Now, I told you, baseball is called hookball there, and the Pro Baseball League is called Hookball Hoofdeklasse which is the modern version of the league that was started in 1922. There are now eight teams. The season runs from April to September. And the 49 games on the schedule are usually played on the weekends. At the end of the season, the top four teams, they qualify for the playoffs. And that culminates with the Holland Series. And both of the postseason rounds are best of five series. Now, the league consists of the following eight teams. The DSS Kinheim of Harlem. Quick Amersfoort. Uh, league powerhouse Curacao Neptunus of Rotterdam. L&D Pirates of Amsterdam. Twins Oosterhout. The second winningest team in the league is the Twins Oosterhout team. Uh, if Neptunus is the Yankees, then Oosterhout is the Cardinals. Uh, the next team is HCAW or Hookball Club Allen Weirbar out of Bussum. And then you have the Silicone Storks out of The Hague. 
the Hoofdorp Pioneers, and the RCH Penguins out of Heemstead. On the international level, the Netherlands have dominated baseball in Europe with the most Euro Cup titles with 20. While baseball is a minority sport on the Netherlands mainland, they also hold territories in the former Netherlands Antilles in Aruba and Curaçao. You know, the, uh, the Caribbean. And the combination of, you know, they have these biannual tournaments. They have the Harlem's Hopeball Week and the World Port Tournament. And that ensures that there is at least one international baseball tournament held every year in that country. Uh, the four constituent countries that comprise the Kingdom of the Netherlands, they have almost complete independence and full autonomy when it com- concerns home affairs. Uh, that would consist of things like currency, health, social services, but all the foreign affairs, like citizenship. I mean, this is a, what's the best way I can, it's a royal monarchy, actually. That's what their government is. And all these foreign affairs, like citizenship, international relations, or defense, they're kept under the kingdom's umbrella to keep it all kind of simple and cheap and clear. Sports is considered as a home affair. And where sports is concerned, the constituent countries are countries in their own right. But as the constituent countries in the kingdom share some nationality, they come together as one. This way, the best players of the entire kingdom can be on the same national team. However, should Aruba, Curacao, San Martin who are technically referred to as countries themselves, should they go independent in a particular sports tournament, athletes from the mainland have been used on their platforms to boost or strengthen a Caribbean team. You know, events like ladies hockey. And while it can be confusing, they seem to make it work in the kingdom. Now, after the German invasion of 1940, baseball materials became hard to find. Rubber was hard to find for baseball cores, and clubs were now being forced to mend bats with nails and screws. After World War II, the Americans, under the Marshall Plan, they began to help with the rebuilding of Europe. The Yanks also began sending baseball items to the Netherlands, including balls, bats, gloves, uniforms, etc., etc. Now, a dude named Hans Urbanus, he was the first Dutch star baseball player. And word was, if you could get one hit off of him, you were guaranteed a spot on the national team. In 1953, the New York Giants offered him a minor league deal, and he turned it down due to the fact that he preferred to teach his fellow countrymen the game. Um, The post-war help from the United States... Uh, you know, under this Marshall Plan. It helped the Dutch earn their first European title in 1956 in Rome, Italy. And because of that title, the Dutch were invited to the Global World Series. American coaches like Ron Frazier, Bill Archie, they helped the Dutch improve their game. And it was at this time, the number of baseball fields built around the country increased dramatically. In 1963, a real baseball stadium was built in Harlem. And it became the site of the Harlem Hookball Week Tournament that I mentioned earlier. In 1970, 
a Dutch-born player named Burt Blylevin made the Twins roster, becoming the first Dutch-born player to make it to the show. However, the Hall of Famer was raised in California, and he never played in the Dutch League in his life. The first Dutch player to make the show from the, a Dutch field was Wynn Remerswal. He pitched briefly for the Boston Red Sox in 1979 and 1980. He made his, let's see here, ML debut out of the bully against the Brewers, and he pitched well in that. Um, the Red Sox wound up losing that game 5-3. to three. After the game, the incredible sports reporters, they seemed fascinated that a Dutch player could have come so far in the game. Unfortunately, it looks like uh, Rivers Wall career here would only last two years in the majors due to injuries. And he then went to Italy, where it looks like he played for several seasons there. Now, let's take a look at when Remerswall's final MLB stat line since he is the first. And for some reason, I'm kind of drawing a blank on him. 1979, 1980, that's usually in my wheelhouse. So let's see here. Uh, when Remerswall from The Hague, N- Netherlands. Spent two years in the Red Sox bully, 22 games, 3-1 with a 5.50 ERA. 35 and a third innings pitch, 36 strikeouts, 1.54 whip, and an ERA plus of 80. So look, kind of mediocre numbers, but he was the first. And the Netherlands began to earn their respect globally in 2009. That year, for the first time, the Baseball World Cup was hosted by a continent instead of a single country. And the Netherlands was one of eight European countries to host that tournament. They received the first round bye, and along with Italy, they hosted the second round games. And it was during that second round of games that they opened the eyes around the baseball universe. They knocked off Nicaragua, Puerto Rico, Venezuela, South Korea, Spain, Great Britain, before finally losing to the Cubans, 5-3. to three. In the third round, the Dutch, they smashed Chinese Taipei, 11-2 in the first game. That was before they lost to uh, the United States and Canada. They would pay Austria, Australia and lose their final game of the tournament, 4-1, to one, put a sixth six place with a 7-5 record catcher. Sidney De Young was selected from the team for the tournament All-Star. In 2011, the 39th and final World Baseball Cup, the Netherlands balled out. In the first round, the Dutch dispatched the United States, Panama, Puerto Rico, Japan, Chinese Taipei, and Greece 19 to nothing. With their only loss coming to the Canadians, 5 to 4 in extra innings. I mean, those are real deal teams right there. United States, Panama, Puerto Rico, Japan. Uh, even Chinese Chinese Taipei. I mean, forget about it. With the number one seed in the second round, the Dutch destroyed Venezuela. Venezuela. I mean, they're a baseball powerhouse. This is in 2011. They destroyed Venezuela 12-2. They beat up South, Carolina, uh, South Korea, Australia. And then they went on to beat 25-time world champion Cubans 2-1 in the world title game. Kurt Smith scored the winning run. He received MVP honors. And Tim Stufenberger was declared the most outstanding pitcher of the tournament. In 2009, they played in their first WBC. 
They played three exhibition games against the Pirates, Reds, and Twins, and they lost all three games to those MLB teams. They completed competed in Pool D with uh, 2006 semifinalist De- Dominican Republic, Panama, and Puerto Rico, and their game started at Hiram Bythorn Stadium in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Their performance in the 2009 WC uh, officially put the Netherlands national team on the map outside of Europe as they beat the mighty Dominicans twice. One of these uh, being that miraculous come from behind extra inning win that you heard at the very beginning of the show. Two to one in extra innings. And as a result, the team made it through the first round along with Puerto Rico into the second round. The Venezuelans and Americans beat them. And, you know, thus eliminating that scrappy team that, you know, they were becoming very beloved. I mean, you know, they knocked off the Dominicans twice. I mean, that is more than impressive. The Kingdom has competed in all but all four of the WBC tournaments. And in 2013 and in 2017, they had back-to-back fourth-place finishes as they are presumably set to pretty much crash the WC party at some point here. I mean, you know, they're like one of those teams that's just ready ready to crash through that glass ceiling. Um, As this is a team that's pretty much progressed every year that that tournament has been held. The team has, uh, it now features several major leaguers, and it has in the past. Uh, The Dutch influence on Major League Baseball continues to grow stronger. The WBC team in particular now features players like Xander Bogarts, Andrew Jones, Kenley Jansen. I mean, he was actually a big-time catcher on the 2009 team that beat the Dominicans twice. Sidney Ponson, Dita Gregorius, Andrelton Simmons, Yerkson Profar, Jonathan Scove. That's just to name a few. In the last WBC tournament in 2017... The Netherlands came in, ranked ninth in the world. After their first game defeat to Israel, 4-2, the Dutch shut out South Korea 5 nothing, and they beat Taiwan to advance to the second round with the Israelis. Uh, one sidebar on that Netherlands-Israeli matchup. It is believed that the tallest batter-pitcher matchup in baseball history occurred in that game when 7'1 pitcher Loke Van Meel walked Israel's six-foot-eight-inch first baseman, Nate Freeman. So, that's a cool piece of trivia. Some of you may want to sit on right there. Seven-foot-one pitcher, Logue Van Meel, and the first baseman, six-foot-eight, Nate Freeman. Okay, so back to the 20. The, uh, the Dutch suffered an extra-inning loss to Japan in the second round, but they pounded as Israel and Cuba in the mercy rule victories, and together with Japan, they advanced to the championship rounds. 2016 All-Star Dodgers relief pitcher Kenley Jansen joined the very team that he was a catcher on for uh, seven years before. And in the semifinal match, the Kingdom fell to Puerto Rico 4-3 on a walk-off sack fly by Eddie Rosario, and the Dutch would finish in fourth place. Their highest international rank ever. And quite honestly, that is, I mean, just amazing. While the majority of the players in the Netherlands, they dream of playing in the majors like any other kid. 
you know, they want to play against the greatest players in the world. And there, there's still this sense of pride and honor in making the national tra- national team. The truth is that baseball will never be the king in this soccer crazy country. But the Netherlands is a basin for legitimate gems as the sport gradually becomes more and more popular. And it's kind of like American reverse, right? I mean, the popularity of soccer here, it probably hasn't peaked, but, you know, it's still very small and niche, and it's more of like this kind of gradual growth. And every once in a while, the states put out a few players who can hang in the Premier and Bundesligas, and it pretty much is the same exact thing here, just in reverse with baseball and soccer. And, of course, you know, Peanuts and Cracker Jacks, they're missing. It rains a lot in the Netherlands. But there's a passion there to enjoy the American game. And hey, let's be honest, not everyone is cut out for soccer. Soccer, Particularly not tall, lumbering dudes running marathons every game for a 2-2 tie. When, you know, they can actually throw seeds or smack the shit out of a baseball. And increasingly, these dudes are finding a way to the States. The Dutch teams are losing players to the States all the time now. And while their participation numbers pale behind Dominicans, Japanese, and such, they are putting out more and more quality players all the time. The Dutch baseball fans, they believe that Hulkball Hoopteklaas is a descendant of the old extinct Dutch game called Tripball. That the Pilgrim Fathers may have taken with them when they left the Netherlands for America. Now, if true, that unlikely tale would make Rotterdam the cradle baseball and not West Point, New York, where a certain American general is credited with actually inventing the game. Either way, (laughs) the Dutch have proved that they are worthy of inclusion among the all-time greats in baseball today in the modern world, and it's all because... J.C.G. Grassa took a vacation to the United States in 1911 and fell in love with the game. And I truly can't wait to see the Dutch in the upcoming WBC as they are so easy to root for. And folks, I think I'm going to end it there. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed delivering it to you. Um... I found the research on this topic to be both challenging and rewarding, and there is really not a lot out there about this topic. A couple things on Wikipedia, a few things on YouTube, but I actually had to dig deep into this rabbit hole, and maybe if the Netherlands finished in the top three in the WC, there would be more and more things. Baseball, like I said, it's it's not huge in that country, but it is growing, And the trajectory of the talent is continuously rising. Not just the guys from the Caribbean islands of Curaçao, Aruba, you know, but also also from the mainland. So, I was glad to bring that to you. I really enjoyed looking at the baseball culture in other countries. I've done the Dominican Republic now and the Kingdom of the Netherlands. And in a few weeks, I believe our next country will be South Korea. And, you know, I can't wait to get that going for you. 
So, please remember to share, follow, subscribe, and download. I love all of you in the audience. Thank you for your support. Again, you can find me on Twitter at back underscore K underscore podcast or on Facebook at the Let's Talk Baseball Podcast Next Network. Next week, we're going to get down to the nitty-gritty and talk about Fritz Peterson and Mike Kikich, two Yankees pitchers who swapped wives and children with each other during spring training 1973. That's right. Good old-fashioned Yankee wife swapping. But hey, that's another story for another pod. Parents, if you see your kid sitting on the couch looking bored AF, by all means, take him or her outside and play a game of catch. Thank you all for coming out. God bless. And win the day.